not just a belief of mine. It's a real knowing. Knowing that we can take what we love to do, whether it's baking, sewing, painting, whatever lights you up, then we can take that skill and make a great income doing exactly what we love to do. As author of What Should I Be When I Grow Up Now That I'm 40, 50, 60, Discovering Your Core and Also Your Gift Is Your Niche, it has been my life's work to help others, just like you and me, to discover passions, your purpose, powerful messages that you only you have so they can make the difference they were put here to make. Every week I will have deep, rich conversations with real life people that believe just like me. And here's what they believe. When you do what you love in a career, you will never work another day in your life. And this is the way I like to say it. When passion, purpose, and profit collide, that is when you get paid for being you. I'm Patricia Noldrain. Welcome to the podcast, When Passion Meets Profit. Hello, everybody. It's Patricia Noldrain, and I am so excited today because I am interviewing my very first male entrepreneur. His name is Piyush Parikh. Can you tell where he's from? I don't know if you know. He will be telling us in just a little bit. But one of the things I wanted to cover before we start today is a question that I was asked uh, just yesterday, actually, by Debbie. And she said to me, Patricia, do you really feel that I'm able, Debbie, that I am able to make money doing what I love when all I really love to do is bake? And I've loved to bake since I was three years old. And I said, oh, my gosh, Debbie, of course you're going to be able to make money doing that. And the reason I know that is because I know so many bakers right now that are making tons of money working out of their homes, baking. She said, you do? And I said, yes, I do. And one of them happens to really key in on keto baking. That's her specialty. See, the more specialized you get, the more money you're going to be making. Another one is really specializing on wedding cupcakes, not cakes, but cupcakes, is she making a lot of money? Oh, yes. And now her prices are going up and up. So, Debbie, please step out there into your wonderful gift and start baking and making a living and building a lifestyle business the way you want it to be done. So, everybody, that's my question and answer for today. And now I'm going to start with Piyush Parikh. And I wanted every time I have somebody on here, I like them to talk about themselves rather than me doing a formal introduction and I want this to be the same with Pew. She's one of my favorite people. I've known him for years. I love him to death. And he has this wonderful little family and a five-year-old little boy that he'll, he will help that little boy know what he should be when he grows up because Piyush knows how to do that. So the first thing I'd like to ask you, Piyush, is what were you like and where were you raised as a little boy? Sure. Thanks, Patricia, for having me. And uh, hi, everyone. Uh, I know this is Typically, for you, you normally do this for women engineer or women entre- entrepreneurs and 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 that mm-hmm. group. But I, I sneaked in and uh, <laughs> yes, I'm you so, did. I'm so, I'm so glad I did. Uh, so yeah, I, I, it was it, you know we met several we met almost ten years ago and uh, you know I, I have a special place for you on on my journey as well. But in terms of you know where I grew up, I'm from India, and uh, I grew up from in Mumbai. I uh, was born and raised there. And I came to the U.S. Uh, to do my undergraduate. So I, I spent the first you know, 16, 17 years of my life in Mumbai. Hmm. Now, you have a little son, and he's five, 
What were you like when when you were five? <laughs> yeah, you know, every time I look at my son and what he does, uh, I'm amazed. I said, I, I tell him all the time. I said, I didn't know anything of what you do now. Uh, when I was five, mm. uh, you know, I was. It, it was in India. It's typically, uh, you know, you, you you're brought up in a. It's it's a big family. You know, it's a family environment, and so people follow what what the parents do. And uh, there's a specific kind of trajectory that most kids go through. You know, you go through school. Uh, you go to kind of have to follow, get some grades, and all those kinds of things. But at five, you know, I. I, I from what I remember, I, you know, I, I was, I enjoyed doing things out, outside and, and playing outside and playing the games. Uh, I, I remember I used to, I got into computers early on in my life and uh, I, I liked being on the computer and mm-hmm. it wasn't that, you know, it, it was okay to be on the computer, but looking at a TV that long was not looked at positively. And so, you know, I got a little bit of screen time, but that's about it. Uh, but it was, you know, it was very structured. And so you you go to school and then uh, the goal is to get a degree. And and then mm-hmm. you, uh, f- when you finish your degree, you go get another degree and, and then you go get a job. That was kind of the mm-hmm. path. I know. It's just, it's so crazy because that was my path also is, yes, you go to school, you get good grades. Now you go uh, get another degree and then you, and if you're really lucky, go ahead and get a master's. And then if you're really lucky, get a doctorate and still go get a job and figure out what you want to do. <laughs> and it's yeah. just so crazy, isn't it? That structure that we all follow. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure in India, it was even more structured, like you said, with family. Now, what, what did your mom and dad do? Or your so, dad, maybe? Yeah. So my dad, uh, and again, that's a very typical setup as well. You know, the, the mother, the moms stay at home, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they take care of the kids and the family and the, and the home, the dad's out working. Uh, my dad did, was very, a successful engineer. He was an engineer too. And so, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he was a success, successful engineer. He then, uh, came back to India and he, uh, started some companies. So he had the entrepreneurial thing going. And uh, he ran a couple of companies, uh, you know, out of India and a couple of them were pretty successful. And so it was, uh, it, I didn't see him much. Uh, he was, he was out working a lot. And that were, those were the things that were passed down to me to say, you know, you just got to work as hard as you can. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's, that's how you will uh, succeed. You know, I just find that so fascinating that people tell us from day one, you've got to go out and work really hard and then you'll be successful. And that is simply not true because all you have to do is look at people that dig ditches and they're not successful or maybe they are in their own right. But I mean, I'm talking monetarily successful. I'm sure they're not making the kind of money you do. And I have a feeling you're not digging ditches for a living. (laughs) Uh, No, I don't think so. Yeah. Unless my kid wants me to. Uh, yeah. Now here, yeah. here's the thing that really I heard, Piyush, when you were talking, you said, really, we kind of follow in the footsteps of what our parents did. And that's exactly what you did. Your dad was an engineer. Yep. And why, why do you think we're calling this podcast? How do you engineer your business? It's because you started a business and called it engineer your business. And so I'm really excited to have you take us on that career journey that you had, because uh, I've actually had Piyush speak at some of my events because he's so good. He's just and he's just a lovely person to to listen to. So I tell everybody your journey. Yeah, hey, thanks. I I miss being on on, on stage and talking to to folks, mm-hmm. uh, Patricia. So hopefully mm-hmm. we can do that again. But uh, but yeah, it was you know I think after I I got I got the degrees, I came to America to get the degree, 
uh, that was a big step, you know, going from Mumbai to, I went to Michigan Tech University, which is in Houghton, Michigan. Uh, you know, in India, you, 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 you're given a map and said, okay, you know, which college do you want? There's one in Houston, there's one in Houghton. Uh, so we, we didn't really know much. I picked one. It turned out to be in the upper peninsula of Michigan, uh, which, which I was, which was, uh, it, it was a, more like a culture shock when I got there. Uh, it's, if anyone knows where that is, you know, you get 300 inches of snow a year. Over there. Oh no. <laughs> so, so going from Mumbai to Houghton, I mean, it was, uh, it was quite a shock, <laughs> but it, you know, I, I went through the engineering training over there. I did get the master's. And just when I was graduating, you know, it was all right, now go get a job. And so, you know, I did that. And that brought me to Columbus, Ohio. It took me to a few different cities and states in the U.S. And, you know, right around 2006, I I came to the U.S. in about 1990. So right around 2000, uh, you know, five or six, I said, I'm done with working. I actually, I got burnt out. It was, uh, you know, we, I was doing consulting work. It was, uh, you know, 60, 70 hours a, a week. And mm-hmm. I, I, I was burnt out. I remember doing, the, I, remember, I clearly remember, you know, four months of grueling work. And then I just, I wanted to quit. And I didn't know what to do next. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I decided, my, you know, I said, well, what should we do? Someone said, go get a degree. You know, that might help. And so I went and got a MBA. Uh, and with the hope, you know, we spent, I think we spent over $120,000 on a business degree. Mm-hmm. And it, uh, at the end of that, it turns out that MBAs are typically meant for you to do even more work <laughs> at the end, you know, you go back to the job for, you know, workforce and now you're up the ladder a little bit more. And that, that seemed to be the general trend. So I came out of that and didn't didn't get much more clear on what I wanted to do. But there was one class that was uh, intriguing to me. It was called the acquisition of closely held ventures. So buying a company. And the, and the professor in there made it, you know, sound simple. Just, you know, just go out there, look for companies, buy it and grow it and then sell it. Uh, that, that's what you can do. I said, okay, that's interesting. So I came down to Phoenix, uh, which is where I am now. But uh, for some family reasons, my wife wanted to you know, come down here at the time to take care of her family. Uh, I said, okay, let's come down here. I don't have a job. Let me see what I can find here. And I said, I'm gonna look for a company to buy. And so I opened the book, the textbook and started looking and sure enough, it wasn't as easy as he had made it out to be. Mm-hmm. And this was out in 2008 when things were not looking very good for any company. So there were a lot of companies for sale, uh, but most of them were not worth it. And it just, I was looking for a machine shop. I just said, since I'm an engineer, I might as well get something to do with engineering and I'll buy a little machine shop that makes machine parts. And thankfully, uh, right around during my search, I, I went to and attend an event uh, where I saw uh, Patricia Drain on stage. And, and, you know, you said, well, do you really know what you want to be when you, when you're you know, mm-hmm. when you grow up <laughs> and I said, mm-hmm. I don't, <laughs> and I've, mm-hmm. I think I've grown up. I've spent, you know, several years trying to figure this out. I, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. So that, that's what, you know, that brings us to when we met. Yeah. And I want to stop there for a second, Piyush, because I do feel so sorry for all of us uh, because here, here we are, you know, adults now, 
It could be, how old were you at that time? When yeah, we was, uh, probably 36. Yeah. Now it's just so unfair. He's 36 years old, this wonderful man who now has two degrees, a, a degree in engineering and now a master's degree. Was that in engineering also? Yeah. I had three. So yeah, two in engineering and one in business. Oh Lord. And, and you still didn't know what to be. And, and it's just so sad to me because no one takes the time to ask us the important questions and really delve into our gifts that we came into the world with, as as did you. And you have to be the smartest person I know to have three degrees. But my question is... Oh, uh, yeah, keep getting degrees. You know. <laughs> right. But, but why, why do you think you didn't just go be an engineer like your dad? Yeah, I mean, I, I did. That's uh, I think that's what happened is I, I did do that and realized that I probably didn't like it. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I, the thing is, I, I do, I am good at what I do, uh, at whatever normally I pick up, I'm average. Even in school, when, you know, when you asked me how I was in, you know, when I was young, I was an average student, uh, you know, B's and C's. That's what I did. I'm really loving this conversation, aren't you? But I want to talk to those of you who want to go deeper. We all attended school at some time. Maybe you're attending school right now. But inside those schools are teachers that have the responsibility to teach certain courses. But what they don't teach is really the most important thing in life, self-discovery. You know the self-discovery that would help us know what we are supposed to do in a career. And also that self-discovery on how we're supposed to make an income to really take care of our families. Well, I decided a long time ago, it's time for me to share what I know so I can help somebody with a step-by-step process that anybody can follow. I created a digital downloadable course called Your Gift is Your Niche because people were asking me all the time, Patricia, what's my niche? And I'd always say, your gift is your niche. So now I created a course called yourgiftisyourniche.com and I spell niche with an N-I-C-H-E And in this very affordable, life-changing course, I walk you through very simple exercises. They'll not only help you find your unique gifts, but they'll also show you how to monetize your talents and skills. You know, the ones you came into this world with. I'm so glad I created something that I don't don't think, I know it's going to be able to help you in your self-discovery journey because it's a simple six-hour course with action sheets that support everything that I'm saying in the course. And you also get my wonderful book, What Should I Be When I Grow Up Now That I'm 40, 50, 60. That's going to help you also with different exercises in that book. I'm also glad I made it into what I call an SPL course. That's a self-paced learning because we all learn in different ways and at different times. I cannot wait for you to get to know the most important person in your life. That's you. So go to yourgiftisyourniche.com, N-I-C-H-E, And if this page speaks to you, then seriously, invest in you. It's time to claim your destiny. Now let's get back to the conversation. And Mm -hmm. and when I do work, a B is good, right? I mean, if you do it the first time and you get a B, that's good. Uh, So I I, I pass tests. I'm good at writing and doing tests. So I could pass tests and get degrees. Uh, so I was good at that. And once you become good at something, it, it kind of snowballs on, okay, since you're good at it, might as well do more of it. 
Yeah. You know, I remember the very first time I asked you this question, Piyush, because you told me after we worked together for a while, uh, and I don't know if this is when you took the course, Your Gift is Your Niche, yeah. that we got into this, but I remember you saying, I think what I'm supposed to do is buy an engineering uh, firm or and, or some kind of a company. And I yeah. said, well, I, and do you remember what I said? Why don't you start, yeah, do your own thing. Right. <laughs> I said, I, I don't understand. You're going to spend so much money buying yeah. this place. Why wouldn't you just start your own? Yeah. And it was such a novel idea to you, wasn't it? It was, it was. I mean, I, and I, you know, I stopped at, at the, the story at, at your gift is a niche because I, I truly believe that was the, the inflection point of what got me here the next 10 years, mm -hmm. uh, you know, in terms of how I changed the course of where I was headed got more clarity on, on what I should be doing. And I have to say that there was one exercise we did uh, that that truly, you know, changed a lot in, in my thinking. And it was the one that we did on your ideal day. And, mm. you know, you said, you know, write down, I think you do this with, in the course still, but, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. you know, write down on one piece of paper, uh, what is your ideal day? And I said, well, if you really want to know, here's what it really would be if I, if I had my, you know, wishes. Mm -hmm. And I mm -hmm. wrote down, you know, I wanted to wake up and have multiple businesses. I'd wake up and just kind of oversee them and not be working in all of them and then go hang out with my family. And then, uh, you know, money comes in and then I'm out, you know, with friends <laughs> or something mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. And I said, this is, this is silly. I mean, this, I, I don't see this. And you know, I think seven years later, that's exactly what I have. And, and mm -hmm. it's, uh, it was, it was, you know, it's pretty amazing that I was able to write that. And then actually, it was amazing to me that we could actually come up with something and it, it you know, manifested itself. Yes, I think it's just marvelous. And I'll tell you the reason it happened for you, Piyush. It's because you did the work on yourself. You took the time to write out what the ideal day was, even though it didn't, it sounded probably very strange to you at that time, like that, this is not possible. That's because our belief system, you had this belief that you had to work really hard and many hours to get where you needed to get. And it simply is not true. So what maybe you could explain to everybody what it is you do today in your business so they can copy you. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, so, you know, I, did, I do do what is on that ideal day that I wrote. Uh, I, I ended up with. Yeah. And the other thing you also said is multiple streams. I remember that was mm -hmm. a big thing about, you know, having multiple streams of income. And so, uh, you know, currently I've set up a couple of businesses that each, you know, generate income for me. Uh, for you know to let me live without even working in them so that's uh that's that's really been you know eye-opening but you know the main business that i kind of look at on a regular basis is uh, it's called equinox agents it's a company that provides tech support so it's support services for software companies so i think in the beginning of this podcast you mentioned being you know cupcakes for uh, for bakers, right? I mean, it was just very specific thing. Well, this is mm -hmm. a very specific, we provide chat support for software companies that uh, are in the cloud and we only do it for a certain size. And so, you know, it's, if we ha I have a group of agents, we call them support agents, but they're in India. Uh, we have about 65 agents and mm -hmm. we, they, we cater to about six different 
technical software companies here in, in Phoenix. Oh, that's great. Now, when you say you only work with specific companies, so uh, what do they have? How many people do they have to have or what, what's the money? That yeah, so, uh, so yeah, these software companies have anywhere between. So I look at the number of people they have. That gives us a better indicator. So uh, okay. anywhere between 30 to 150 people in the oh. company. And anything bigger, we don't qualify for, or we kind of get uh, beat out by larger companies. Anything smaller, they're not quite ready yet. And so uh-huh. we found out the exact area, we cut the niche, we found the exact niche where our solution provides the best result for them. And, and, we, and people ask us, do you take, do you do support for technical? Do you have programmers? Do you do that? We say, no, we only do technical support mm-hmm. uh, for you know ticketing and emails. And it has to be complex. Uh, any simple software tool doesn't work. It has to be somewhat complex, like an accounting tool or a CRM tool, like Infusionsoft. We did their support. Uh, you know, it has to be a medical billing tool is another client we have. I just love that. See, you really did what your gift is your niche is all about. You really niched into the niche, into the niche. Yeah. And just like you said, you know, I no, we don't do that. Nope. And people don't like to say, no, we don't do it. They think, oh, no, if, if somebody asked me to do something, everybody's a client. Everybody's going, I can help everybody. No, you can't. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, there is some, uh, there are stages to that is what I found. Uh, initially, when I had to feed feed the family, you know, you take, you, yes, mm-hmm. I'll do it. <laughs> you know, Absolutely. Uh, but the, the, the way to grow it that I found most uh, successfully was to uh, say no to all of these. And, and, you know, my marketing became easier. My operations became easier. Hiring became easier. Uh, all of that. And so I could then create the process for it and then have someone else do it. And, uh-huh. and so that's, that's what has worked so far. You know, it's funny. Uh, somebody asked me the other day, what is it that you have done that you have that you really did notice there was a real change in your business? And I realized for me that it was le- literally letting go of the people that were holding me back that I, I thought the whole game was keep people with you 15, 20 years. That, that was the name of what you were supposed to do. No, sometimes those people hold you back. So I have now learned uh, a different way of doing things like that. I immediately see if this person's going to move forward with me, they yeah. stay with me. Otherwise, I have to say, I have to let go of them. Now, for you, and really overlooking sixty-five agents, is that hard? Is, is that kind of difficult to do? <laughs> you know, I, I have to say, when I first used to think about this, uh, growing a company. Uh, you know, when you talk about large companies, you see people saying, oh, and I used to think that it was, it, it was a belief, but it was, man, I'm going to be in there the whole time, every day, I'm going to have headaches, all of this. Well, uh, it didn't, it's not that way. You know, at least for me, what the, the thing that worked out is I have a business partner. Uh, so that was helpful. And, you know, when, when we first formed the partnership, he said, uh, do you want me to be a vendor for you? Or do you want to be a, a partner, like a, a you know, partner who comes in and, and has some stake in it. And I said, you have to have stake in this. Uh, and so that set up some systems that where he's able to take on a lot of the uh, you know parts of the business. And we've got a system for team leaders and trainers and you know this whole hierarchy of uh, organizational structure. Uh, and I, I really, I, I look at it now, I'm spending about two or three hours a week 
uh, on that business. Oh, that's and, great. You know, when you said set up systems, boy, does that ever bring back a memory for me. When I had my recruiting firm, I I just had no systems in place whatsoever. And I was miserable trying to handle, I had 28 employees at that time. And I just, I was going crazy. It was just awful. And so I sat down one time and put 29 systems together. And I never, ever worked there again, because I did not have to unless I wanted to go in. You are so smart to know to put those systems together. So just name one of the systems, that whole leader thing you talked about. I yeah, yeah. You know, one the one system or the, the overall, uh, uh, you know, umbrella that we set up came from Infusionsoft. It's, you know, Infusionsoft is a software company where I really got uh, got to know them well and I, we, did, we became their vendor uh, and so on. But one of the things that Clayt Mass, he's a CEO there, uh, he, he mentioned it earlier to me. He said, you know, there's this stuff that we do early on in the company called the, you know, we call it the vision, setting the vision. And that's not just a, a one-liner or anything. It, it com- comprises of multiple things, having values, the core values, having a mission, like what are you gonna do in, in the next five years, three years, two years, and then the purpose. What's the purpose of why you're doing certain things? And I said, you know, this is all kinds of, this is all, you know, great stuff. Just, you know, what am I supposed to give me a tool or give me some software like to, to fix all this? And he said, listen, just try it. Uh, it's the same thing that uh, Good to Great and some of these other books, you know, t- talk about. Mm-hmm. It, that one process of, of going through and, and understanding what is your purpose, what are your, what's your, what are your values, how are you going to do what you're going to do, and then communicating that to the team our main initial leadership team. So, I've, you know, we now have four or five you know, leaders in our company, but them understanding this, taking it from us and then implementing it the way they would do it, uh, that has truly been the game changer for us uh, because it's everything that I care about. I have certain, you know, things that I do certain things, certain ways. I have certain values. I don't want to, you know, I always want to go above and beyond and, you know, always uh, do more than we had promised and so on. Uh, always be continuously learning. You know, those are things that are important to me. How do I translate that to 60 people? And at that time, I didn't have 60, I had four. And I said, what's, what's the point of me spending all this time for four people? Well, those four people are now leading the whole group. Mm, that's wonderful. And they tell me, please don't come into these meetings. You know, they, people just get scared and they're not opening up we'll let you know if something's wrong and we'll, you know, we'll send you something that may be out of whack, but for now, everything's fine. <laughs> that is fabulous, Piyush. I mean, you are so smart and you're doing it just the right way because you have created a lifestyle business. See, I, I had a backwards so many times and I see that others do too. I created a business and then developed my lifestyle around that business. And it, it just was awful to, to have to suit up and go in at eight and make the coffee and buy the muffins and come home at six. It was just absolutely silly. And I did it for years. And now I just can't even imagine doing something like that, that you don't love every single yeah. day. I bet yeah. you love to get up every single day, don't you? I do. I mean, there's, I there's a lot of space in my in my mind. I mean, I still have a lot of thoughts, but it's it's allowed me to free up and I'm looking for the fourth thing I'm going to work on. We've got three other things that are going on. So <laughs> I love it. You make my day. I'll tell you. Uh, now, before I share the golden nuggets that I'm getting out of this call with you, um, I, I always like to have somebody share a tangible tool that really helped them 
like one girl said, LinkedIn was her claim to fame. I mean, that was her main tangible tool. What about you, Piyush? What has been a tangible tool for you? You know, I, I, I thought about this. I, you, you, I'd, meant, I'd heard some of the other Ooh. ones you've done. And, you know, I, I hope I'm not going to let you down on this. But I, I found the, the one thing that really, really helped me through all of this, the last 10 years at least that I've been doing this, uh, and I know it's not just because we're talking, but it's been coaching and, mm-hmm. and, and being open to being coached and actually going out and buying coaching services. And, and that's, you know, I, I, I look back and I counted in the last 10, 10, 11 years, I've had eight coaches and all at different times, all with their own special expertise, all giving mm-hmm. me their nuggets uh, and I have one tool from each one of them that I've been using. Uh, oh, so your, your ideal day, I mean, that, that to me has stuck. I know where that came from, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, someone talked about writing. Uh, you know, I have a coach who helped me uh, with doing daily writing journals. Uh, you know, Lane Knighting, I, I go cycling with him. And he teaches a cycling course uh, on, on doing 500 miles of cycling uh, a week. Oh. And, and so that's his thing. It's a leadership course, but it's on how do you, how do you get out of your own way and out of your own limitations and, and go be above and beyond. Uh, you know, there, there's marketing folks, Greg Head, he's a marketing coach. And he said, do something important for only a very select few people and do it well. And that's what you should do. And, oh, and wow. so I said, all right, I'll do something important for very few people. And I'll do it well, and that's what I'll do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you kill me! You kill me! And you think I'm disappointed in that? I think it's the best thing I've heard because I'm going to say eighty percent. Well, I bet more than that would never even consider having a coach, and I bet even more than that they wouldn't be able to be coached because mm-hmm. they think they, they know it all. And so I just so, so thank you for sharing that, Piyush, because it's probably the best tangible tool anybody has given up until this moment. And that's the truth. Okay. Well, I, I, I don't have a Yeah, I think every... I, I didn't believe in coaching before either. And, and I said, I've got three degrees. What more do I need to learn? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, it's just, it's, it's amazing... When you have someone, and you know, now I'm actively going out and seeking people. But when you have someone who's got a different mindset, who's done there, who's tried it, and and they've come up with something, and now you know, the coach will teach you five things, or maybe seven, uh, or or give you guidance on five or seven things. But there's there's one that always sticks, and mm-hmm. and it's for that one that I'm willing to pay, you know, whatever it is to get it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I do love that you're doing is you're getting very specific coaches like the cyclist, the marketing, the the really understanding how to journal. I mean, all that stuff is exactly what people need in their life. I'm trying to create now some kind of self-coaching program so that people don't have to spend thousands and thousands of dollars, but really delve into themselves. And it's not an easy thing to teach, actually. Yeah. No, and, yeah. and you know, it's, it's also when you get it. I mean, I, I won't be able to do the journaling when I first started that just wouldn't have happened uh it's only when I when my yes. mind kept getting so confused that the teacher showed up that's and, right you know and then that's when I agreed to do it yep that's a good one I'm going to add that one uh as our last now usually Piyush my goal on these podcasts is to come up with 
three to five golden nuggets from somebody. And today I've come up with 12 from our conversation. So there you go, Mr. Smarty Pants. Here they are. And then you tell me if you, if maybe there's one that I missed or one that you should have said. So here they go. Number one, it's maybe not always best to follow your, in your parents' footsteps. And I say that because uh, I was told all the time to follow into my dad's footsteps. Now, he worked at the post office for 50 years. And so I kept my, my mom, my aunts, they'd say, you just have to take that civil service test, I think it was called. Oh my, can you imagine seeing me at the post office? I, I mean, I could n- never do that kind of stuff. But anyway, number two, working hard sometimes leads to being burnt out. I think that's really important what you said. Number three, when in doubt, go back to the gifts that you came into this world with. And that's what you did during your gift is your niche, by the way. Number four, be open to new thoughts around old beliefs because we all have them. Number five, get clear about your ideal day. Oh, yeah. And quite quite honestly, Piyush, I'm so glad you brought that up again because I, and I'm glad that you said, oh my gosh, I'm writing down these silly little things that'll never happen. And you're living that life now. Yeah. That's great. Number six, uh, consider setting up some multiple streams of income and don't do it the way I did. I set up a bunch of multiple streams, but they were all under the same ceiling, you know, the career um, recruiting world that I was in. I did resume writing, I, you know, all that came under the same roof. You want to make sure they're setting up in, in different uh, corridors, I might say, so that you're, you do have real multiple streams of income coming in. Number seven, I love this, niche and then get nichier and then niche, niche, niche. <laughs> and that's a fact. I love that, that you said about that one guy that said, uh, do something very important for very select people. And that's exactly what you took away from him. And I'm taking that away from you. Number eight, to grow your business, sometimes you have to say no. Mm-hmm. Number nine, set up systems as soon as possible. And I, I still do it even in my home-based office. I have all kinds of systems around things so that I'm not really all over the place with my thoughts. Number 10, remember the game changer is have a vision, know your values, and understand what your purpose is. Number 11, be open to being coached. And then number, and, and then the very last one is... Oh, gosh, I can't read my writing. It's the very last thing you said. What was the very last thing you said? When? Oh, I know. Here it is. When the student is ready, oh, right. the teacher will appear. It's, oh, yeah, it was to do with coaching. I think it was, it was in the same, mm-hmm. same context. Yeah. Well, there are a dozen golden nuggets, people. I don't know how much more Piyush could have done in 30 minutes, but he really was good, wasn't he? Uh, Piyush, is there anything that you'd like to add to those or... No, I, I just I think I just want to emphasize the last one and and you know in terms of coaching I think the program that that I took with you uh, I, I think that that was the turning point and you know I, I I hope more people take it and take it often I can almost see me taking it again yeah uh, because it's yeah. a whole new you know where I'm at is completely different from where I was so uh, I know yeah I would I would encourage people to look at it and 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 get coaching and get someone who's got a program already set up. 
Yeah, I, I totally agree. And so everybody listening today, uh, one of the things that Piyush said that I thought was so brilliant is, you know, I, I thought I couldn't really have an ideal day. I thought I couldn't live my life this way. And the reason that he was saying that and the reason I say it also, it's because of how we were brought up. And I was brought up in a very strict little family, Irish Catholic, and and had the same kind of thoughts that you did, Piyush, that you could only be a teacher or a nurse or whatever it is when you grow up. And and that was you too. Or, I, I do want to just ask you this one other question. Do most people coming out of India and the, the schooling part, do they become engineers? Oh, uh, well, it's... It- they do. I mean, there's a lot of engineers and then there's a lot of accountants, you know, it's, it's oh. all professional uh, services. So, uh, mm-hmm. yes, there's a there's a big, big group of people. The engineering schools in India are there. There's several. And the path is typically what what I'd outlined. It's you go mm-hmm. in and become an engineer and yeah. then many people come to the U.S. They want to come here to to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's something. Well, I just can't tell you how much I enjoyed this conversation, Piyush. Every time I talk to you, I, I enjoy you more and more. You're just a sweet, wonderful person. And I thank you again for being here. And thank you, everybody. Until we meet again, it's Patricia Noldrain. Thank you so much for spending your precious time with me today. Hey, if you got something out of this, maybe you'd consider sharing it with someone else that you care about. I want to leave you with a secret to success in life and business. Aha, here it is. If you can share a solution to a problem someone is having, that is true success. Now, maybe these examples might help you. I discovered two major problems that I help solve. I really didn't realize how major they were until I realized no one is teaching this stuff. The first one, of course, goes right back to this podcast. What's my calling? What's my purpose? And that's why I created the digital downloadable course, yourgiftisyourniche.com. I already mentioned it er earlier in the episode. But finally, I came up with another problem that I can solve, and it's how to live a happy, long-lived, lasting marriage. Now, I created a book called The Chosen Few, and I share 100 tips that myself and others, other long-lived couples, I might say, put together so that you can have a conversation, especially if you're a committed couple. Now, what is the problem you solve? Think about it. Because you might really have something to share with somebody that will change their life forever. We also have a Facebook group. It's free. I'd like you to come on to it because it goes beyond the podcast. It's called <clears throat> When Passion Meets Profit. Until we meet again, it's Patricia Noel Drain.